I've been trying to learn a bit about fundraising, mm-hmm. and it's a bit complex. It is. And I found, um, I read something about it, and it, it was, it's essentially about selling. Would you agree? Uh, development and fundraising in its best form is about philanthropy and building a culture of philanthropy. So engaging people to become a, the part of the community that you're quote unquote selling. So for me, MOCA, the Museum of Contemporary Art, it's about inviting people to become a part of the community of MOCA, both to support what we do, our exhibitions, our program, but also to become part of a community of supporters. So, you know, in its best form, it's not transactional like selling is. Like it is, there is parallel there, but because it's philanthropy, hopefully people are more engaged with the program and they do it more altruistically. So what is it you do? What does it say on your business card? My business card says director of individual giving. So yeah. And what is that? Right. So in fundraising, in museums and in other institutions as well, any nonprofit or university, fundraisers specialize in different areas of fundraising. So I'm the director of individual giving. So I work with individuals or people, (laughs) but I have colleagues at MOCA that work with institutions. So governments, corporate businesses or foundations. So we divide up the fundraising that way. So if I come into MOCA and I become a member... You'd be in my area. I'd be in your area. Okay. And and if I become um, a member of MOCA as an individual, mm-hmm. I get in for free? You do. That's what one else of the do I main get? perks. Mm-hmm. You get discounted parking. And one of the main things is you get to come to our opening. So you get a first look at the special exhibitions before they open to the public. And we've actually reintroduced some other fun benefits like member preview days. So you can actually come in the one or two days prior to an exhibition opening. So you can come in during the day with your family and again, see it before the rest of the public does. And we offer like behind the scenes tours. We offer a lot of opportunities to learn more about the exhibitions or the programs or the history of the building or the history of MOCA. So a lot of that is about engagement. Do you have any idea who these individuals are? In the membership program? In the membership program? Actually, I do. So they come primarily from the east side. So Silver Lake, Los Feliz, that area that's immediately adjacent to the museum. And then the other biggest chunk um, in terms of our LA audience, which is the biggest audience for MOCA, comes from the west side of LA. So Beverly Hills, West Hollywood, and all the cities sort of clustered around there. So we've kind of this two poles of these areas of LA that are the kind of primary drivers of the people that join and some of them are locals and they know of all the institutions and they become members that way and others come to visit the museum and they become members on site after experiencing the museum and do you have any idea if this has changed let's say was this the same 25 years ago do you have that kind of statistics or do we also do we know this generally i don't know if we've done recent sort of like research or studies for MOCA's history on that. Because I think that would be interesting because I know a recent study in Sweden showed that more people visit museums than ever before. Hmm, interesting. Any kind of museum. So that would be something very local or um, a museum for cars or art museums. Wow. And that I find interesting because that means that so many more people nowadays find the institution. Right, exactly. In itself. We have definitely had our attendance has definitely gone up over the years. So every year we're sort of increasing the attendance and becoming more popular. 
There's also more museums in LA. So I think people are generally more aware of art museums as LA becomes an art center, hence freeze, like we were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> of course. That's interesting that more people will become aware of the art. Do you think that's changing alone? Do you think LA is positioning itself as an art city more and more? Yeah. So I don't know exactly what sparked it, but LA has definitely become an art, like a world art center. A lot of people will say it's sort of shifting somewhat away from New York to Los Angeles. And a lot of that is uh, galleries, both international and New York galleries opening outposts here in LA, big international galleries or yeah, New York galleries. This is somewhat unique to LA, but the number of private collection institutions, so the Broad, the Marciano Foundation, they're like private collections that they've turned into museums. So they're also open to the public. They have a public sort of facing side. So we have a high per capita number of arts institutions in LA. And how does that change your job? Because then potentially you have a lot more people to um, to engage with to look for money. It's true. So yeah, so there's more people engaged with the arts and you end up dealing with, so cities like New York or Boston have like an older established philanthropic community, both generally in life for the opera or hospitals and the arts. Um, whereas in LA, it's generally understood to be much quote unquote younger, meaning that hasn't been that many years of established uh, history of philanthropy. It's also a younger city. So there's both that and the fact that there's more people engaging with the arts because of all these arts institutions. So you're sort of adapting to the needs of a lot of different kinds of potential donors and existing donors. Some of them are more transactional and they want parties and events and fun and flashy and others are just philanthropic and want to support and are kind of open-ended that way the best kind are the people that are philanthropic and they just want guidance and they're just like very open and they want teach me everything you know i would imagine that within the museum you have the director and you have mm -hmm. all the curators mm -hmm. and you have a program and then where where do they start talking to you about how to what to do with it the curator, the staff? That is not the a staff good question. Side Did you understand what I mean? Side? Yeah, like, you, obviously, Mocker has a program, mm -hmm. a series of exhibitions yep. over here. And then you must create events yep. for the individual members, but also, I would imagine, for institutions that give mm -hmm. money to um, the museum or whatever. Yeah, how, how's, so. how's the, how's the com communication between, like, the curatorial team and your side at the development? Yeah, so... At the best institutions, and thankfully we're super successful at this, at MoCo we work really closely together, partially because we're just a small institution and we're like literally in it together. But our whole development's whole, you know, program is based on the exhibitions and the program that Curatorial is developing. So we work really closely with them to build out everything we need for our donors at every level for every program. So if there's a certain exhibition that opens, so we have a bunch of exhibitions coming up for our 40th anniversary, we work with curatorial years in advance when they're putting together these exhibitions to help them to fundraise for the shows. So a couple years in advance when they're doing research and putting together the ideas for the shows, we'll work with them to get a description of the show, some ad advanced research, some um, names of artists or collectors they're working with to borrow works from for the show to approach for funding of the show. So we sort of 
develop a little world of donors around the exhibition and then by the time it opens we'll work with them to put on the exhibition opening so we will then turn around and not only do a members opening for all the members that are at more of that entry level but we'll have a special preview even earlier for some of the higher level donors and then beyond that the smaller exclusive dinner with the director and the curator and our trustees for those that supported the show as donors and sponsors that underwrote the show. So it's all stratified. We encourage people to increase their giving by giving them the different levels of access based on how much they're supporting the institution. How much money can you contribute to an institution? As much as you'd like mm-hmm. or as little. That's the or beauty of it. it. Yeah. yeah. So we have all the different avenues for people to support. They can become members and have a membership that comes with benefits and events and programs that they can do to engage with the institution, but philanthropy is also just supporting monetarily. So we have an annual fund, which is basically Mocha's bank account. (laughs) It's our general operating funds, and we do campaigns twice a year that invite people to just support our institution by donating to the annual fund. So that supports in the broadest way all of the things we do at MOCA. Yeah, because this is an institution that doesn't receive any federal money pretty much at all. Exactly. So MOCA is the only collecting institution in LA that doesn't have another source of funding. So for example, the Hammer is a contemporary art institution, but they're affiliated with uh, UCLA. So they receive funding from a university, which is UCLA. And LACMA is the LA County Museum of Art, so they receive a portion of their annual funding from the county. And there's other smaller institutions in Los Angeles, but they're Kunsthal, so they are only sort of working on a budget that allows them to put up a series of shows, which is a bit more economical. But MOCA is different because we've always been a collecting institution, so we collect art and we have a collection of almost over 7,000 objects, 7,000 artworks. So we're not only collecting and building that collection for future years, but we're also putting on our permanent collection shows and special exhibition shows as well throughout the year. So we're sort of in a, in a special spot. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So your job, what would you say, what's the most challenging thing that you do in your job? Hmm. That's a really good question. Probably, oh my gosh, I don't know. Finding new donors for MOCA, kind of engaging new people to understand what we're about and know that we exist and know how important and progressive our program is. Um, Obviously a big part of our job is keeping existing donors happy and engaged and excited about the next thing. But we're always looking for new people, mostly because you want more people to experience the the mission of the institution so how often do you meet donors i meet donors usually two to three times a week if not more usually my thursdays and fridays are pretty booked up (laughs) and what do you do we go out to lunch or i bring them into the galleries and show them an exhibition or we'll go to a gallery together to see an artist that they collect or that's in mocha's collection or we might just grab coffee So this week I had coffee with someone who supports MOCA who have only ever seen at our events and we hadn't had the chance to sit down and just talk and chat and get to know each other. So we went and grabbed a coffee. And another person I got together with owns a local gallery. And again, I'd only seen her at some events and things 
she was attending at MoCA, and so I went down to the gallery, and she showed me the show, and then we got to chat. I like that, though. Yeah. I really like that you become so close with these people. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot of development is relationship building. So less so about like selling something to someone. It's relationship building, getting to know them and understanding where they're at in the art world and in terms of their relationship with Mocha. And then once get to know them, I can help them in the different areas they want to support at the institution because not everybody wants to do the same thing. We have lots of different areas they can get involved in. And that's interesting because then the museum, the institution becomes a part of something much, much louder. Yes. Integrated yeah. in the art community. Yeah, exactly. And Do you think this is different from other cities? No. I have a feeling right now that LA is very good at being generous. That gallery owners actually speak to other gallery owners, uh, organize parties and events. It's something about people actually coming together. Am I right? I think so. I think because LA is now becoming this art center, there's like so much momentum and so much going on that everybody wants to work together to make the best of it and like do the most with that excitement. So yeah, galleries are super willing to work with us to sort of collaborate on programming or support for exhibitions or parties during freeze, things like that. Yeah, there's just, there's so much happening and so much good art being made that there's, a lot of opportunities to share it with people <laughs> and a lot of crossover. Yeah, of course. So do you, um, like the people who work in other museums in your position mm -hmm. around LA, mm -hmm. do you know them? Yep, yep, I do. I've worked with some of them. And the ones I haven't, we're usually friends. <laughs> That's great. And do you also, um, like, do you know people who have your position in other museums around like the entire country? Not How as much. Work? LA, it's sort of like a... Because MOCA's on the same level as, so it'd be on the same level as other institutions in LA where I would know people. And then the other institutions of that level would be in New York, for example. So it's a little bit far away. <laughs> yeah, but still it makes sense that you would actually know each other. Possible. I, I'm trying to think if I actually do. Like I would know where to find them on the website and sort of reach oh, yeah. out to them, yeah. but I don't, I don't know them because I'm not by coast. Some people are by coastal, and they'll know people on both coasts if they've actually worked in both. And then some people are sort of specialists in New York or specialists in LA. Being a fundraising kind of specialist in LA is actually becoming quite valuable now. We've had a few people come from New York, and they they quickly learn that it's not that easy to to sort of quote unquote learn LA. So. Interesting. So mm -hmm. how, how is LA different? LA is not actually small, but kind of small. Everyone knows each other. And I think maybe this is true in New York. I think there's maybe there's different centers in New York and sort of different groups of people. In LA, the art world is fairly small. It's kind of one big extended family. So it's lots of lots of moving moving parts. <laughs> yeah, but that would make sense actually. Mm -hmm. Considering it's also not known to be a city for art. Right. I would imagine that the industry of filmmaking is much more diverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where you might, I don't know, I think certain people would say that that industry is kind of small too. Okay, so it's I think so it's small. like a personality, it's like our city's personality type. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's a family thing. Yeah. We have to talk about your background because mm -hmm. I think most people think that if you, if you work with fundraising, you, you did some kind of, I don't know, studied economics or you did something <laughs> like that. Did you? I did not. This is kind of a, a running joke with those of us that are 
in development and fundraising is you usually fall into it or discover it unknowingly. So my background, I obviously fundraise in museums. So my background is in art and art history. So I started out with an art studio and art history degree. And then I got a job at a museum. I'm one of these people that's done a few different jobs in the museum. So I interned at a museum. And my first job was an events coordinator working for the director of external affairs for a museum. She oversaw marketing and fundraising for the Palm Springs Art Museum. And then from there, I worked with some of the support councils at the Palm Springs Art Museum. And these are um, special interest groups attached to different curatorial departments. So um, I worked with three of those connected to the architecture and design department, the photography, and I guess it was photography. And then um, a group called the Collectors Forum, which was a sort of high-level trustee-driven group that... um, came together to acquire artworks for the museum. So I did that for a while, and then I went on to get a master's in art history, and from there sort of utilized that to go back into fundraising um, at LACMA, again, working with some affinity groups with um, different curatorial departments at LACMA. And then from there, (laughs) um, I became a major gift officer at MOCA, And a major gift officer is just essentially a a freelance fundraiser for that institution. So I didn't oversee any programs or any specific groups. I just had a portfolio of donors that I would reach out to and engage them with MOCA and figure out where their interest lies and um, facilitate their giving at MOCA. And then after about a year of doing that, I was promoted to director of individual giving. So I now oversee a staff of four people. So I have uh, oversee the membership manager who runs our entire membership program of over 5,000 donors, the membership program. And then I oversee our individual giving manager who looks after our upper level giving groups, which are about I think about 500 people. So we do a lot more high level, intimate sort of curator driven programming for them. And then a few other support staff that help me with all of our stewardship activities, which are all the things we do to thank our donors. Anything from a simple thank you letter to giving out catalogs and doing special programs to make sure they understand what's going on at MOCA and the impact that their giving is having within MOCA and the larger community. And then on top of that, I have my own group at sort of the higher levels. It's called the MOCA Fund for Exhibitions. and What was it called again? The MOCA Fund for Exhibitions. So it's a group of high-level donors that support all of the special exhibitions at MOCA. Wow. So when I was doing my research about fundraising, mm-hmm. um, someone wrote somewhere that having a story around why you need mm-hmm. this money is so important. And that kind of resonated with me a little bit. I'm thinking, but what is that? Is it just, you know, that thing you have to say in order to sell something? Um, is this true yeah. or is it not? Or, I mean, do, do you need a good story? Do you need to argue a case why MOCA is the most phenomenal yeah. institution in the world? I think you always need to argue your case. I think in the instance of art museums and that kind of institution, the story is how you present your mission. So you have to have a strong mission and be able to communicate that well. And then on top of that for museums, it's 
the story becomes the story of the exhibitions or the upcoming program. So it's sort of on a rolling basis. So like every year at MOCA, there's going to be three or four different special exhibitions happening. So they flow into the mission of your museum. Obviously, we're the artist museum. We're driven by contemporary art. What sets us apart is the high level of scholarship that we have at MOCA. We're setting the tone for the avant-garde of contemporary art. That's what our curators do. It's what they spend all day kind of working on. So that's the larger mission or part of our mission. And then so when you're saying we have an upcoming exhibition and you're describing it, it's going to fall into that same kind of umbrella category. It, it reinforces our mission and flows out of that. So for an art museum, that's part of what it is. I think for other um, like social good nonprofits, nonprofits having to do with homelessness or hunger, they have more intimate stories of individuals they've helped or communities they've helped. And it's more specific and kind of like a different type of story. So there's definitely always storytelling that happens. I think for us, it helps when we can tell the story of like a single child that went through our contemporary art start program and learned how to deconstruct a work of art on the wall. And like it's opened up his mind and now we can use those same skills to deconstruct math problems in school and sort of like think about things differently. So there's always like great little stories you can pluck out of our program and sort of make them specific to whatever you're talking about i love it though yeah i really do i mean i also love museums so it's, yeah it's, it's not that <laughs> it's maybe not that surprising and i think especially with mocha like there's other inst- art institutions in la so we have to be able to tell our story in order to set ourselves apart so of course yeah no and that makes sense and i think it is a bit different uh, also location wise mm-hmm. yeah it is downtown we have a downtown identity much. Oh, Downtown very much is so. Like rugged and edgy, and setting the setting the tone, and that's always been Mocha's yeah. mo. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I went to Mocha. It's a long time ago, and I was walking from um, the museum, from the galleries on Grand down to mm-hmm. to Geffen, and someone actually stopped their car, asked me what I was doing, and I'm oh. like, I'm just walking because yeah. I walk everywhere. And I don't know, maybe it was someone, I don't think actually that this person wanted to pick me up. It was more like, are you okay? Should why you, are you walking? Why are you walking? This is ridiculous. People didn't used to walk in downtown. No. And now we encourage them because it's only like a mile and a half between the two. We have a little map. Yes. Yeah. Let people walk for God's sake. Downtown's yeah. very different now. Apparently the, the area between our two locations, even though it's a mile apart, used to be not the greatest. Mm. It's very different now. I'm glad it's changing. Yeah. I think it's for the best. All right. Thank you so much. That was so easy. Thank you. I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Let me hit this. Mm-hmm.